And you're listening to another episode of Courageous Conversations with Sheree. What's up, Savannah? I'm your girl, Sheree Darien, back with another episode of Courageous Conversations with Sheree with another amazing guest. But before we jump into that, let me jump into this and remind you, you're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And the viewpoints expressed in the following program are not necessarily that of WRUU, its staff, or its license holder. And without further ado, yes, yes, I have an amazing, awesome, amazing, awesome. Did I say that? <laughs> amazing. <laughs> awesome guest tonight. We have Denise Schroeder. Hey, Denise, girl, are you on the line with me? I am on the line, and I am so elated to be here with you. This is going to be so much fun, another courageous conversation. And I asked you uh, just a few moments ago, if you had to select a topic, what would that topic be? And Savannah, she was ready. She said, (laughs) going from broken to a barrier breaker. Ooh, I, f- I feel no like pressure the there. Are- yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody's fingers are snapping out there <laughs> in radio land. We're going to unpack this conversation or this topic today in today's conversation. But before I do that, Denise, I'd like to uh, affectionately love all my guests. But that's my way of rolling out the red carpet, so to speak. And I will just briefly uh, read your bio and introduce you properly to our amazing, loyal listening audience. Is that okay? That's perfect. Awesome sauce. So who is Denise Schroeder? Denise is a top-ranked realtor in Oklahoma. She is the CEO of Schroeder Real Estate Group with her husband, Troy. Denise has been a licensed realtor since 2012. She has used the power of storytelling to have her adult life chronicled and documented through years, excuse me, through the years on, guess what? Oprah, not one, but two appearances. Guess what else? Steve Harvey, not one, (laughs) again, two appearances, as well as Rachel Ray, CBS The Talk, even House Hunters on HGTV for exclusive episodes and season 20 of, I like this, Worst Cooks (laughs) in America on the Food Network. (laughs) That's so cool. Most recently, she was named one of the hosts for an Emmy-nominated show called The American Dream. Girl, you are somebody I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) I sound so busy, right? (laughs) Yeah, you do. When she's not doing all of that, calling rubbing elbows with celebrities, Denise enjoys photography, excuse me, acting, performing, working out. I think I just lost her, guys. (laughs) Gardening, (laughs) brunching. Oh, I love her again. Shopping (laughs) with friends all things encompassing interior design and fashion. Welcome, my love. Welcome to Courageous Conversations with Shree. Thank you. you. Woo! Yeah, I I tend to love 
the grind. Um, I get really bored easily. So I don't uh-huh. do well if, you know, I don't have a million balls in the air. So <laughs> I prefer it that way. You know, it's so interesting you said that because I promise we just had a conversation, myself and some colleagues actually work in banking. And uh, I was just talking about there is something about an, a, an infatuation, if you will, for lack of another term, for chaos. Like I thrive in it. Like I, I totally identify yeah. with juggling of the balls. And like working under pressure, like give me a yeah. deadline. And it's amazing how much, you know, you can get done if someone's coming to your house in 15 minutes. It's kind of the same <laughs> thing. You know, we could just and the fact that work you under can pressure. Get ready, that you yes. Can do it. And you can get it done. Yeah. Your, your junk might be in your oven and thrown in your dryer <laughs> under your bed, but Hey, you made it happen. <laughs> they would never know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so much now I have to ask Denise, what's up with all these shows? What were you doing on the Oprah show on Steve Harvey, Rachel Ray, you're even on HGTV. Uh, tell us about some of this. I know everybody's like on the edge of their seats wanting to know. Well, it's really interesting in 1999, that seems like so long ago, Oprah used to be in my living room every day at four o'clock, right? Stayed at home. And so I had had my second baby and I was told by two different doctors that I had postpartum and I was just, they were going to give me Wellbutrin and basically check the box, sit down and be quiet. See you in 30 days. Well, yeah. I knew that's not what I was experiencing and I couldn't get anyone to take my blood, you know, just take my blood, just yeah. do something yeah. further than just, you know, tell me what you think I have. So I wrote this an emotional dump letter to the Oprah show. I never expected to hear anything back. I actually felt really good oh. after I pressed send. I'm like, ah, oh, that felt good. So I ended up getting a response within an hour from her lead producer. No way. Donahue. Yeah. I'll never forget it. I, I answer the phone and I see, you know, a Chicago area code and I'm like, holy moly, this is the Oprah show. And so she said, can I fly out to your house in two days? We want to film you for eight hours, just doing everything that you do and build your story. You know, they film a lot of B-roll for when you come to the yes. show. Yes. So then we fly back to Harpo studios and where my husband and I were sitting in the audience and they make it where you kind of feel really comfortable um, as you know, you're being interviewed. Oprah will direct a question at you. The camera will pan to you kind of melt into the audience. And I'm like, I can do this. No sweat. This is my first public speaking gig, real public speaking gig in my life. Overachiever you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, I, I was crazy. So I, at about 10 minutes before the show was to start filming, she said to her director, she said, I want, I want Denise up here with me sitting here next to me the whole show. And I'm like, you're, you're kidding me. Right. And so I remember, you know, putting my shoulders back and trying to not have a deer in the headlights look on my face. Mm -hmm. And I, I went and I sat down next to her and, you know, she had some sign language she was doing under her chair because her mules were uncomfortable and someone switched her shoes out. She stood up, unbuttoned her pants and said too many carbs at lunch, super, you know, down to earth environment. Uh And she whispered to me and she said, you know why you're sitting here, right? And I said, no. (laughs) And she said, because you're not afraid to be vulnerable and transparent. And if you will lock eyes with me and you will focus and just pretend we're having a girl chat in my living room, you have the opportunity to impact millions of women that are sitting on their living room couch 
feeling in the same position that you're in. Can you do that for me? And so, you know, when Oprah asks you, can you do something? You enthusiastically say, yes. Uh Even if you don't believe it, you're like, yes. Yes. Well, that was empowering though. That was empowering. And it, you know, it wasn't the most glamorous subject to be on TV. The title of the show was women who don't want sex because it was about hormones. Uh And I ended up uh, not having testosterone. I did not have postpartum. She paid for a whole battery of tests and it was one of the highest rated shows in 1999. So she asked me to come back in 2000 to do a follow-up and to reiterate to women that we know our bodies better than anyone. And we have to advocate for ourselves. And so that was my first taste of using my vulnerability to connect to other people and using the power of storytelling. But the first step was me being vulnerable with my own messy, you know, with my own embarrassing, you know, situation that I was going through that couldn't figure out. So that was a really pivotal moment in my life. And, um, I have used that storytelling. Um, when I was on Steve Harvey, I, I, uh, I probably need to backtrack a little bit to lead into that. So it kind of chronologically makes sense, but 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, I wanted to get my real estate license and I was working in property management, you know, leasing apartments and condos. And I had a manager and he came to me and he said, Denise, I don't want to lose you, but the natural progression for you would be to get your real estate license. Like I was winning all these rookie sales awards and um, was really in my element. And I can remember like feeling so seen, you know, like when someone just, they believe in you and they see something and the seed was sprouted in me and I, I, I can't even explain it. And so I, I went back to my family and friends and, um, I said, you know, I really want to get my real estate license. And I was met with so many people in my life that said, well, that, that industry is too saturated. You know, you could never stand out. You, you don't have what it takes. It would be an expensive hobby. Like, why would we want to line the garage walls with superficial signs with your face on them with no yard to stake? Like how crazy is that? Uh And so I, I suppressed the dream. Um, at the time I had two young kids. I'd been married almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. I felt like in the space I was in, in that relationship that I needed permission to take leaps. I, I couldn't just do it. I had to have the support of, um, people closest to me. And I felt like in the environment I was in, which was pretty dysfunctional and toxic, you know, looking back was, you know, I was allowing other people to steal my dreams because they didn't have one of their own, or maybe they had insecurities that they didn't want me to have success or autonomy or independence. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter I allowed that. And and looking back, I see that. Um, and it's something I'll never, I'll never do again. I, um, at the same time that I was realizing I have this soundtrack in my head that I began to believe I don't have worth. I don't have value. I don't have what it takes. I'm literally not enough. And I was so unrecognizable to myself in my life that at a certain point I thought, I can't subscribe to this anymore. I know God has a better life for me and I'm not going to sit and wait for someone to throw a life raft out to me. I have to rescue myself. And I had seen an advertisement in Oklahoma city from a reproductive center, and it was about donating your eggs. 
And so diabolically, I went and I signed up to donate my eggs for $1,500 because I thought, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, I didn't want to go to my family. I didn't want to go to my friends and share my humiliation and my shame that I was really feeling like I needed to move forward out of this relationship I was in. And uh, um, so I gave myself injections, hormonal injections three times a day. Um, I can't remember the exact, it was over two months. I was bruised and swollen and uh, just a hormonal nightmare. And I, I was doing this in secret. I could tell no one, you know, to get support. So I did that. And at the same time, I'm trying to go through this separation. I started enduring this, the beginning of a $50,000 custody battle. My ex-husband, it was very acrimonious. I wanted nothing that just to have a normal business relationship with my spouse. And that wasn't happening, you know, beyond, beyond my control. So at the same time, I'm trying to navigate this. My mother was 49 and and I just turned 50 last week. So same age as, as, you know, I am. And she was misdiagnosed with a hernia. So she wasn't getting better and went in to have an exploratory surgery in a very small town. And the doctor said, it's encapsulated. We don't even have to do preventative chemo. We're golden. So she wasn't getting better. And um, they were at the hospital was charting at 90 pounds. She's lost 10 pounds in 14 days. The pastor's wife, he comes and she comes and gets my dad out of the room. And she said, they're killing her here. She's dying. Get her. We have to get her out tonight. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what it costs. We've got to get her out. So we metaflighted her to Oklahoma city, a much bigger hospital. We had found out from it being a very small town and knowing one of the OR nurses that that surgeon was in a hurry to get to a college football game. And he left perforations all throughout my mother's colon. So when we metaflighted her, the surgeon that came in to check out if he could fix the mess said it's everywhere. They mutilated her and called her a little girl. And so she died and a senseless, insufferable death over the next seven months. We, we watched her suffer and, and pass. And so at that time in my life, it was, I was clearly at the bottom. I could barely put my feet on the floor. You know, you, when you feel like you have an elephant on your back, yes, it's yeah. like, I remember, mm-hmm. you know, not getting up and making my kids breakfast for a season. They were getting pop tarts and juice because I didn't even have the energy. I, I was, I was struggling And it was a paradigm shift in my life. Yeah. And I, I made a conscious effort to, I wanted to not to allow the unhealed parts of me to break other people and hurt other people. And first and foremost, that was my children. And so I went, I committed to two times a week, intense therapy, like trauma therapy, intense therapy. And I remember showing up in Kathy's office and I just said, Kathy, you know, I'm here. I show up. That's what I do in my life. I show up for everyone in my life, but today, today I'm showing up for me. And I think I'm too broken to be fixed, but I'm willing to give you a chance. So I'm here. So she said, we're going to rebuild you. I said, Ford tough, rebuild me Ford tough. You know, we, I don't want to ever be in this position again. She said, we're going to rewire you and reprogram you. And you're going to rediscover who you are because you've been so lost and buried. You just don't know who you are anymore. And so I got in a very healthy place and fast forward many years through, you know, I won't go through all the detail. There were some relationships in between. And then I moved to a a small suburb and in walks my FedEx guy, 
this dreamy man with the sexiest legs you've ever seen, the biggest <laughs> smile and the kindest eyes that you could just see through to his soul. Like he's salt of the earth. Yeah. And that's when I met Troy. And so he, we saw each other every day for five years when he would come in to deliver packages to my office. And, um, before our first date, once we had five, our first years? Date, five years, yes. Once we had our first date, it was, you know, fireworks, magical, you know, all the cliche <laughs> things you hear. Then we got married. We blended five teenagers. Four of them were girls. We were nutbags. Yeah. So much estrogen in this house. <laughs> Roy and my son wanted to run away, you know, once a month. <laughs> it was so bad. And then we both quit our jobs on the same day um, to pursue being self-employed with 30 grand in the bank, which looking back, you've got three new drivers, braces, flat tires, speeding tickets, uh -huh. all the incidentals, you know, it was not enough money to, you know, have seven mouths to feed, but we were so optimistic yeah. and we were arm in arm and we were doing this. And so, yeah, we, we didn't start out doing real estate. We did financial services and my, or my husband's childhood friend told him, Hey, I'm, I'm with this company and it's amazing. And I'm wildly successful. Come, come along for the ride. And so we got our certifications shortly, two months after we had, you know, quit our jobs, we found out he was going bankrupt and losing everything. Oh. And so it was not an easy road those first three years before we decided to get our real estate license. And when Troy came to me and said, you want to do real estate together? I was like, I mean, the angels were singing. Yeah. And I remember telling, sitting him down and saying, if we're going to do this, I've waited over two decades and I want to use the negative seeds that other people planted yeah. me that I couldn't stand out to show them and show myself that we can do this. Wow. And that is where doing business differently and using storytelling and, you know, using TV and press releases and human interest stories. And we volunteer teach at high schools and colleges. And it all comes back to being a servant and storytelling, sharing our story, being vulnerable, yeah. connecting with others, but in the effort where we're not coming with an open hand, it's only to inspire and empower and encourage and motivate other people into action because I want to be the type of woman who helps other women feel like they can do it too. And so that's kind of where we were. We didn't have a paycheck for seven months in real estate. And I was like, God, I'm 39 years old. If, if I hypothetically died at 50, like my mother, I have so much to prove. I have, I've got to, I've got to get things done. Why is nothing happening? We're doing everything. Yeah. And I called my dad one day and he said, he's never worked for the man. And, and he said, Denise, what have you watched me do your entire life as a farmer? And I said, besides watch the weather every day is a big part <laughs> of a farmer's life. Yeah. I said, I've watched you plant and plan and plow wow. and disc and do all of these things for months and months and months before the harvest comes before anything comes to fruition. And it's so much faith and every day, you know, caring and nurturing for everything. And he said, you already answered your own question. You're doing all the actionable steps. You have all your systems in place. You're doing all the work. 
the harvest is going to come and it's going to be so beautiful and I can't wait to see it. So get back to your grind. And, um, the last five months of the, of the year, we sold 40 homes, which I think the average agent sells four to eight. So God told me in such a profound way, you are where I want you to be, but I wanted you to be faithful. I wasn't just going to give it to you. You weren't just going to get your license and be an order taker. Mm -hmm. There, there were an order of things and it wasn't in, in my time. Yeah, but yeah, it's you know going from having someone tell you you could never make it to you know selling we just the two of us we don't have a big team we've sold just under seven hundred homes in ten years and so we've served a lot of families and for me we've been able to use our mistakes and trials and errors and all of those things not to hinder us but for me it's been a way to have credibility, you know, I've just allowed, you know, failure to be my greatest educator, not my grave digger. And so that led me, you know, to become a family law mediator and get my certification in divorce real estate, because I have such a deep empathy for people walking through divorce. It's, you know, often people say it's like going through surgery with no anesthesia. And I just want to help people get through that as unscathed as possible. And so that's just an example of how God used a place in my life that was broken, where I can be a light, a beacon of hope and a lighthouse to others through that experience that I went through. So, you know, when you're going through, like, I remember going through that dark time and thinking, God, I can just feel the dirt being thrown on my face. I just felt like I was being buried alive Mm -hmm. and when you get through it, you're, you're looking back and you're like, I was being planted. I wasn't being buried. Yeah. So I have just tried to focus on, you know, selling houses, a byproduct of what we do, you know, every day, no matter what your industry, no matter what your career is, don't you feel like we are missionaries because we have the opportunity to share and yes. And so that is what we, what, that's what fills my cup is sharing, sharing stories and, and empowering other people. And then also sharing other people's stories, which, you know, we use that in our social media, sharing our clients' stories because they have some beautiful stories. And um, so that's been, you know, just one of the ways that we've been able to exponentially grow. And that's why I, I recently wrote and published a book because I, I wanted to share the unique marketing approaches we've been able to use to exponentially grow. And I feel like a lot of people try to keep their secrets, you know, close to their vest and they don't want to share with other people how they can grow. And, you know, I was called to write the book. And so I did. And, and whether it sells a copy or a million, I know, I, I know I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. You were obedient. That's cool. Wow. So much here you've shared. I am certainly inspired, like certainly inspired. I've taken two page um, filled with notes oh, <laughs> of thank what you've you shared. It's just so much here. I like to unpack it for our audience, um, but you just flowed so effortlessly. I could not interrupt you and uh, <laughs> sharing. That was so absolutely beautiful. And I am not naive to understand when you hit rock, rock bottom or experiences those dark dark times that it's not uh, easy. It's actually really, really painful 
But I always reference a, a very good friend and mentor from Sydney, Australia, who said to me when I was going through my own metamorphosis, if you will, he said, he said, Sheree, allow life to touch you, but don't get stuck. Oh, that's good. That's it's so, so good. It was so refreshing, you know? Yes. And, and yes. something that, that really stands out, there's so much that I wrote here, but you said to that you, when you were talking about a meeting with a therapist, that you are not going to allow your unhealed, the unhealed parts of yourself to hurt other people like your loved ones, your children. I thought that was just absolutely so beautiful. Um, and that's what I tried to do with this platform. It resonates so deeply because I understand that, and, and it's just so beautiful. I'm getting so ahead of myself and so excited at the same time. <laughs> I said this year, I wanted it to be just that. My prayer and desire and intention with Courageous Conversations with Sheree was to have people that have done their work, Denise, mm -hmm. so that we can kind of usher, you know, right. and, and cheer everybody over the, the um, to the finish line because I didn't want anyone, I didn't want to bleed on other people wherever they were in their own journeys, right? Right. I wanted some living witnesses, some true testimonies my favorite scripture is we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Yes. And so I'm right there with you when you were talking about the servant uh, leadership and storytelling. I'm right there. And I believe that's all the testimony is. We had a test and now we can mm -hmm. tell the story of, around it. I think the delivery and how we do that. And then there's responsibility connected to that as well. Uh, and I'm very sensitive that everybody hasn't finished their course yet. Right. But I didn't Absolutely. want the pity potty. I didn't want that this year because I attracted a lot of that last year. I'm thinking because I was still in many ways going through some of my own. Yes. Sometimes and you I attract to... where you are and, and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so where I am now is a whole different space. And now, honestly, as you're an example, I'm attracting those that have done the work, but also have a heart and desire, pure intention to, to reach back, to pay it right. forward, if you will. And it doesn't mean it's not easy. It doesn't mean we don't still have struggles, you know, but when you, when you look back at being rock bottom, you know, I knew that it was going to be a choice. I right. had a choice and I was going to scratch and crawl and scream my way out, no matter what I yeah. had to do, because I knew that God had a better life for me and this wasn't God's best for me. And so I think that just giving people hope that, you know, like when you're on the other side of the tunnel, you and I have come through it mm -hmm. and, you know, our, our friend may be over here and they can hear our voice. They can't even see the light yet, but they just hear yeah. someone calling saying, you can yes. do this, just put the next step, you just put the, your yeah. foot, you know, it, that's all people need sometimes is just yeah. the encouragement. And don't you think it's so important who we support, like who is surrounding our, ourselves because that was pivotal for me in, you know, 20 years ago was mm -hmm. who I was allowing to pour into my life. And so I thought, well, God just plucked all these people out of my life. Well, really he transplanted new Absolutely. people Absolutely. into my life, but we have to be intentional to seek mentorship and coaches yes. and, and want to be held accountable. That has to be something we're committed to. 
No, I think this is absolutely brilliant. Um, that knowing though is so important, you know, and the willingness to be vulnerable and transparent. You have to I kind of throw your pride out the window and not be afraid to share your messy and your dips in life because mm -hmm. that's, that's truly where we have the relatability, where the connection comes alive, where we can, we can help, you know, impact and change lives. Yeah. I remember oh. um, on Facebook, my daughter had an eating disorder and it was life-threatening. And so yeah. she had gone to inpatient hospitals a few times and 21st birthday could only be on social media a few minutes in evening. And I had sang my entire life and I wanted to sing a song to her for yeah. her birthday. And it was called you are by Lauren Daigle. And it's just about how your identity is in Christ and, you know, we're enough. And uh -huh. so I didn't want the camera on me. I procrastinated doing this video up until the last minute that she would be able to be online and see it. And so I went out in the garage, I put a candle on top of my car and I sang this song. And I said, if anyone else needs to hear this, God, I just, I hope that they can hear the words and that it ministers to them. About 10 minutes later, we have a joint page, my husband and I, and he said, you have a message and you, you've got to read it. So I come in, I, I look at the private message and it's from a, a friend of mine that used to be a realtor with me, not, not a close friend, but he, you know, he's a friend. And yeah. he said, Denise, I wanted to let you know that I came out in my garage. I was sitting here. I was chain smoking. I was scrolling Facebook and I was getting ready to make my last post and end it all. And wow. I heard your voice. I knew it was your voice, but I could audibly hear God saying, I'm not done with you yet. Mm. I'm not done with you yet. And he said, I wanted you to know that it saved a life tonight. And, and in that, I say, every time we share a story or yeah. share a talent, we're not gonna, we're not always going to save a life, but what if we could? Yeah. And it really made me think, you know, when you think it, say it, you know, call your, call your loved ones, forgive, you know, don't wait for the apology before you make steps forward. There's just, you know, that was, that was a really impactful moment in my life that made me even more self-aware because words of affirmation is my gift, mm -hmm. my love language. So yeah. it's real easy for me to share, but sometimes we get busy and we, when right. we think things, we, we just don't say them because of time or whatever. And I stepped back and I wrote him a handwritten card and I still check on him and yeah. he's doing well now, but isn't that, you know, it's just that's, really that's absolutely amazing. The moment in that moment, be obedient. That's that's exactly what I wrote down. It's all about obedience. And and as you're saying that, I'm sitting here thinking about this radio show. Like I came this close of not continuing courageous conversations wow. with Shree because my plate was just so full. And as you're sharing, I'm thinking we don't know Denise. Who's listening right. to us? And like, we may never know. know. We may and we not may, know. And that's not the point. Right. The point is be obedient. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I was just, I feel like God blessed me to let me know because it was also his way of saying, you need to listen to me, be obedient yeah. and look at, look at what can happen. Wow. And so it blessed him and it blessed me, but bless me yeah. probably 
even more than he realized him sending me that message. You know, I usually wait to the end of uh, our time together to speak to our audience, but I want you, I feel like I want you to speak to someone right now, whatever. Is there anything particular on your heart that you would share? Because we're talking about never giving up and Mm -hmm. going from broken to barrier breaker. What would you say? What's, What's resonating with you? I think that the most amazing things that have ever happened to me in my life have been on the other side of sheer terror, honestly. Wow. And so that is, is something I had a mentor tell me, you know, Denise, I see you. And when you get really close to getting out of your comfort zone, this is when I was just, you know, getting a self-esteem again and trying to yeah. come into my own. She said, there's a border patrol that will go off right before you go over your comfort zone. And I said, yeah, I hear it. And she said, yeah, because you back up. I, I see you almost. And so she said, I want you to learn that you need to be okay with hearing those alarm bells and not just okay, but get comfortable with them. So now in retrospect, it it took years of that. Now I crave the border patrol alarms because I know if I don't hear them, that means I'm not stepping forward. I'm not evolving. I'm not, I'm not making strides. And so that is what I challenge the audience, you know, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm terrified or I can't do this. Oh my gosh, you're probably getting ready to have the most incredible breakthrough. You've got to, oh. got to keep pushing and start craving those border patrol alarms. Cause <laughs> that means that you are making progress. Wow. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Cause we don't grow, you know, and it, Conviction sometimes isn't convenient either. I mean, we have to get used to being uncomfortable. There's just, there's yeah. just, there's no way around it. And changing our soundtrack, you know, every day I get up and I don't just say this, I internalize it. I believe it. I say, I am worthy. I am valuable. I am immensely loved. I have what it takes and I am enough because I am never going to let my self-esteem unravel and give control to other people. I don't ask permission. I'm non-negotiable in doing things and taking care of myself. And that didn't happen overnight. You know, I used to allow people to uh, set fire to my forest and I would Mm -hmm. sit and let it burn because I was fearful and insecure, but I don't do that anymore. Wow. It is certainly refreshing to hear. And I know it just flows out of you so effortlessly. So I know it is your truth. And that's what we do here. We're naked, unashamed, and unapologetic in our truth. And it is that way because it is reflective of me. It, it is a description of the work that I have done. And if this is just my attempt to pay that forward to all of humanity. I love that. And that's why you're going to be immensely blessed. And so will your audience because where your, your intention and your conviction Mm -hmm. and your passion is from such a pure place. Yeah. Oh God. So refreshing. Oh, this feels so yummy. (laughs) So yummy tonight, Savannah. And you're energizing me, you know, it's been a long, crazy day of putting out fires, but yeah, you energize me too. Absolutely. Savannah, we're going to take a quick break. I promise it will be quick and we'll be right back with you. 
And we're back. You're listening to another episode of Courageous Conversations with Sheree. I still have her on the line, Savannah. Denise, <laughs> you're still there with us? <laughs> I'm here. Awesome sauce. That first half hour has flown by. It's amazing. Let's finish up strong today. Um, biggest lesson you think you've learned. So I'm just going to, this is the fire mm. drill round. Okay. Oh, easily that I, I allow failure to be my biggest educator, not my grave digger, because for so long, you know, you hear fail forward and you're like, oh, that sounds so cliche, but I feel like what I've gone through in my failures and even some things I thought were failures that today I think weren't, they were just part of my journey, part of my testimony. It truly built the warrior that's inside of me. And for that, I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, and it's, I'm just, I'm thankful for it. And I wasn't always like that when you're, when you're going through it, you're not sitting here going, thank you. I just love going through this trial. And, you know, that's, that's not, that's not realistic, but when you get through the other side of the tunnel and in retrospect, you see God's work through all of the things and then all of the the blessings and your story just become unfolding and it starts to make sense. You're like, wow. Does it help you trust him more? Oh yes. And, and I had to, I had to really um, focus on trusting and uh, during that whole period of my life, because I was really angry when my mom passed because Mm -hmm. I felt like it was so avoidable. I know that, you know, God knows when, you know, how many hairs on our head and when our time is up, but when you lose someone that close to you, that those aren't your natural feelings, you know, as you go through the grief process. So you've mentioned failing forward. I have a friend or colleague that says failed, um, until you don't, (laughs) 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 which I've adopted. Okay, cool. I think our relationship with failure has to change in order for us to have it Mm -hmm. the right perspective. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, our perception of it Mm -hmm. definitely. And and mine and mine has has changed. What is your definition of failure today? Hmm. I mean, failure is when I don't do something that comes to fruition the way I, I thought it would, but if I learned from it, then I have to change the definition of, was it, was it actually failure? Whereas used to, I was so quick that when anything went wrong and I made any mistake or I fell down, I would naturally say, I'm such a loser. I am such a failure. And I just kept internalizing that soundtrack and it was just overpowering where, you know, it was, it was constantly on replay And today I kind of reverse engineer my way of thinking just from all my therapy where I have to really sit and think, was that even a failure? (laughs) You know, instead of that being my first response to myself is just kicking myself. So it's, it's all in perception too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, turn that upside down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whatever it is that you're saying to yourself, turn it upside down. Yeah, exactly. Look at it from a different angle, right? Change your perspective of it. I love the reverse engineering. Mm -hmm. Something you said earlier that's flooding my mind was um, that you had to rescue yourself. And 
It reminded me of Lisa Nichols, uh, CEO of Motivating the Masses. Love, love her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. She is like my spirit animal. Oh my gosh. I, I absolutely love her. Yeah. She talks about her journey of hitting rock bottom mm-hmm. and with her son she told us over and over again that we are our own rescue. Like no one's come mm-hmm. to save you. We just right? can't, we can't wait for life rafts sometimes. And right. Yes. Lisa Nichols was someone that I've listened to and, um, I would love to be coached by her. Um, (laughs) She's very expensive and for good reason because she's the best, but, but yes, she is one that really, you know, if people are wanting to hone in on public speaking skills and on how to share your story and, 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 and layer it back, not just tell it, but, you know, she says, show it. We don't just tell a story. We show our story. And I think that that is, is really, really good advice when you're looking at, you know, even doing a five minute talk or, you know, with any of your guests, it's like, show me, like, show me who you are. Don't just have notes and tell me. Yeah. Let feel it, you know. That's it. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. She talks about the dip in the story. Yes. We can take people there, but we can't leave them there. No. Right. So we get people. And they want to come back up on the climb with us. They're ready. There you go. But yes. they want to go. They want to go through the valley with us too, yeah. because it invigorates them. Yeah. You know, that that they can they can climb back up too. Absolutely. That that's what it's all about. You were talking earlier about um your industry being saturated. So how do you set yourself apart in the real estate industry? Oh my goodness. We started out by doing, okay. So if you're going to buy a house at closing, we bring like props. So I used to have a photography business. Everything in my brain is a photo opportunity. I video and document, you know, every, you know, whether it's kids in the family or, you know, social media things. Um, I love being in front of the camera, but I also love being behind the camera because I love the story. Everybody, I just love capturing everyone's story. And so we started bringing props. So if you're getting ready on Valentine or you're getting, you're closing down your house on Valentine's day, I'm going to bring hearts and, you know, all these things that go around boas that go around your neck and we're doing powder cannons, confetti, you know, guns, we're bringing champagne. We are truly celebrating our clients. This is their biggest investment. Um, when it's Christmas time, instead of just delivering a little gift, we dress up in our little elf outfits and we do (laughs) dance and dashes. So we do this little choreographed dance in front of everyone's ring doorbell which thankfully everyone has a ring doorbell, you know, um, we, if, you know, publishers clearing house. Yeah. Well, yeah. during, uh, the last couple of years, inventory all over the country has been super low and buyers have had to fight for homes. And so yeah. it's really a privilege when you win the multiple offers. So we will come to the buyer's house with publishers clearing the great big poster board. And we come to their house yelling and screaming and, you know, blowing horns saying you got the house. And, you know, we get it all on video. We do things like that. And then for basically to share our client stories, like here's an example. I had a, a couple and they were selling um, her parents' house that they've had in the family 58 years. This couple was engaged in the driveway and it was a very bittersweet sale for them. You know, oh. letting go of this family home. I said, let's three. Re- 
reenact this engagement in the driveway on closing day, brought the veil, brought the top hat. And we reenacted their engagement from 40 years ago. And it really created this oh. sweet memory when they did closing and, and they, they told the story, you know, of, of them uh, getting engaged and, and her father, you know, giving the blessing for them to get married. And um, one of the things I did for this Victorian house that I had dreamt of listing, we called it the yeah. doll house. And it was kind of a landmark home in my town. Well, we finally got the listing after pursuing it for five years. And oh, wow. I said, Troy, yeah, it took a while for them to get the house ready. And I said, Troy, I'm going to put my wedding dress on. He said, why? And I said, just go with it. So I put the wedding dress on. I stand in front of the house. I got a great big party bazaar ring and I did a video and I said, you're going to love this house so much. You're going to want to marry it. And the hashtag was put a ring on it. And so I was trying to pack the open house. So little did I know Troy is inside with the seller during the open house negotiating to buy this home for me, even though I'm listing it, trying to find a buyer for it. It's my listing. Oh, so wow. we actually put a ring on it and HGTV got, got wind of it, um, that it was our listing. And they called and said, do your buyers want to do an episode? I said, no, you're not going to believe this, but I am the buyer. And they're like, no, we would believe this. Cause I've moved four times in four and a half years. So I move a lot. And so, you know, things like that, it's just, we try to create stories um, to stop the scroll, you know, in a book emotion, we're, we're not just, you know, 90% of the time, it's just people doing life with us yeah. on social media. Yeah. We yeah. do a lot of crazy TikToks and really fun <laughs> things with my husband. I've had kitchen fires while I try to cook, you know, I take people on the journey. I mean, why not? They don't have to taste it through the screen, right. at least enjoy the fire. And so we just have fun. And Troy and I are really quirky and we want people when they meet us to be like, you are exactly the way you are online. Uh, it's not a highlight reel. You just are. Yeah. And so yeah. sometimes I am vulnerable and sometimes we're quirky. And of course you've got to show that you do results Yeah, and you take care of business. And, you know, that's part of um, your social media presence too, but it's, it's not what gets us business. It's the relationship and the approachability and the connection with people. So I have, okay. So two things. One, I used to have a neighbor that said to me when I was making a leap of faith, I actually left corporate America, started my own nonprofit organization. Full circle, just went back to March last year. So it's almost been a year, but I did oh, that wow. for about eight years. But when I was making the transition, it was, I had this strong conviction that I could not say no to God, right? So I just said, okay, we're, we're doing this. But what encouraged me, you were talking about having that tribe of people around mm -hmm. you, right? Um, I, excuse me, I had a uh, neighbor at the time that said, Sheree, if you make the first step, God will provide the stairway. Yes. And, and that was what I needed to hear at the time. Now, right now, uh, Anna's actually moved, but now I have another neighbor. Uh, her name is Heather, and she's the sweetest, kindest woman on this earth. Uh, and she is actually our HOA president. I'm the vice president. We're next door neighbors, just really good friends. She is a real estate agent. So this is a wow. personal mm -hmm. ask of me to you. <laughs> 
because I want you to encourage her. I think I got to send her this recording. She has to hear it. She needs to buy my book because it will help her get, I mean, so many crazy, zany, amazing ideas. I just wanted to just vomit them all on paper (laughs) for any industry, but you know, I wrote it in what I've done through real yeah. estate, but you can use it in any business, any social media platform. That's exciting. And the fact that you're on an HOA board, there's so many crazy people on HOA sometimes. So hopefully because we had to boot them. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Cause sometimes that's yeah. necessary for sanity. Yes. <laughs> well, why don't you say something to Heather to encourage her about this industry? And then I'm going to follow up with another question for you. Yeah, I think that if you start and your whole purpose is serving people, it's not about how many houses you sell, how many signs you stake. It's about truly serving families and tailoring. You know, you have to have your systems and your processes. You've got to have a killer customer service, you know, experience in place. One advice piece I will give to any industry, but what we do in real estate is if you're my new client, I am sending you a personalized video and I'm saying, hi, Cherie, this is Denise and Troy, and we are so excited to work with you. And we want to let you know that we are extending a promise to you and we are raising the bar for ourselves. And we want to give you an experience that you couldn't even imagine being any better. And if for any reason or any moment in you know the process, it's not, we want to know because that's how we improve our systems and reverse engineer all of these things. And we give you permission to give us constructive criticism about, you know, our vendors or, you know, our admin, any, anything in our organization. And so giving people permission and also they see you setting your expectations of yourself above board. It, it has been wonderful. And so focusing on serving other people, I also love for our clients. We, as long as they meet the criteria, we love putting them on our, our um, referred vendor list because Um, we like to help other people grow and we really love to help our clients grow. I mean, they're giving us business. We want to reciprocate. So focus on helping other people grow and not just making it all about you and the blessings will come, the business comes. And when you come at people, you know, with this open hand and this servant leadership mindset, you build relationships that transcend any transaction, but it's about how you make people feel. Yeah. So one thing that I heard a company does that I think is so awesome. It's a, it's a heat and air company and they do a survey with all their clients and they say, what is your favorite item under 20 bucks? It could be a Snickers. It could be, you know, a taco bell taco, whatever it is. They want, they just ask this kind of quirky survey. Well, every time they get a call to come to your house to do a service call, guess what they bring that favorite less than $20 item on the list. These people may not have even remembered, you know, filling out the survey, but just doing things that aren't the norm, you know, Yeah. Wow. adding customer delight. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And making people feel special. You guys are fun. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. You know, real estate can be stressful. Any job can be stressful. So we try 
try to find pockets that we can give our clients laughter and joy and they love it. Even the ones that we think are so introvert, they end up really enjoying, you know, all of our quirky ideas and photo opportunities. So, and then memories pop up. Yeah. I think I know your why I'm going to have you answer your why, but I did want to mention your first book out of the box was just published. So you mentioned it a few minutes ago. So as you answer, what's your why also tell us about this book. I think my why is that I have moved from proving myself to purpose. So even though I love real estate, absolutely love our families that we serve. I love that I get to market and marry all these gifts and talents into, into real estate. Um, what fills my cup is mm-hmm. sharing my story and make truly making a difference. And I had felt compelled and kind of a stirring to share the things that we've been able to do. Um, our marketing approaches, I think I mentioned earlier, just to expand exponentially grow. And so there's a lot of really great nuggets in there about marketing, social media, database, using storytelling, using writing, using TV, using media, so many things that are out of the box that I want people to consider and start using your voice and paving your own lane and not being afraid to be authentic or different. You know, I have always strayed from the norm, but some people, they, they want to be with the pack and for us to survive in any industry, especially a really saturated one, you have to stand out and for the right reasons. Yeah. Love it. Love it (laughs) so much. I love it so much. (laughs) I'm so glad. I can't myself. It's amazing. (laughs) I'm so excited and so thrilled that I had an opportunity to meet with you. Uh, What's your contact information? And then what last words do you have for today's uh, audience? You can find me easily on Instagram at Denise Sells Oklahoma. You can also Google me and find more information than honestly you could ever find (laughs) or ever want to find. I think basically do an autopsy on your life, evaluate where you are, build a tribe, uh, maybe build a new tribe. If everyone around you is um, giving you objections and naysayers, you may need to, you know, have new people transplanted in your life, you know, for the season, take the leap and don't just show up, but, you know, show your story. Like Lisa says, and, I think that if you just lead to serve others, it doesn't matter what in the world you do for a living, it's going to change lives. So whether you're a checker or a nurse, you know, or a realtor or a radio show, we all have opportunities every day, but are we looking for them? You know, answer the call, be obedient. Yeah. Wow. This has been, listen, you filled my cup today. That is amazing. I don't, I don't think I really think about receiving as much as serving, but honey, you have served me today and I am so much better for it. Thank you. Thank you you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, You're you're so easy to talk to. You have like a really 
peaceful, calm spirit. And I'm like, really like all over the place, you know, it's hard for me to even sit down for this long and you're just so calming and, you know, conversational, like you said, and that's truly a gift. You did it. You sat through it. We're at the end. And I just wanted to say, thank you. Thank you so much on behalf of WRUU and this amazing radio station and all of our listeners. Savannah, that's another episode of Courageous Conversations with Cherie. I want to remind you that the viewpoints expressed in the preceding program were not necessarily that of WRUU, its staff, or its license holder. And until next week, Savannah, take care.